What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. I hope you've had a great week on this week's podcast. We're going to look back at this past weekend, go over some game recaps, look forward to this weekend, go over some game overviews, go over just some overarching questions in college football, and then give you our game picks. So I hope you enjoy. Again, thank you for listening. Let's get it. get into game recaps from last week saying what you got on the Clemson game um I mean I feel like it was a uh, sort of what we expected from Virginia like I talked about their offensive line a bunch of big boys that have played a lot of football and it showed I mean we have a young defensive line missing Tyler Davis in the middle uh the sophomore but he's really the only guy up there that has a lot of experience playing um Felt like we missed him at the point of attack. I mean, hell, they were four or five on fourth downs. We just – we couldn't get a push. Um, I was I was fairly impressed with Armstrong at quarterback. I felt like what he lacked in passing, he made up for with just creativity. He was able to scramble. We didn't look great containing the pocket. Felt like we were out of our rush lanes at times. But I think the defense is – you know, when you win by 18, it's hard to say that the defense underperformed. But I think it's just part of cohesion. You know, we're not where we're going to be at the end of the season. We're not the team that we're going to be by the time, you know, December comes around. So I think, you know, obviously during the game, I came in hot with some overreactions, getting upset. But you got a lot of young guys out there. It's bound to happen. And I think the biggest thing for us moving forward is that we, if we can stay ahead of the chains offensively, I think we'll do ourselves a lot of favors because we're going to score points. We have the, we have the playmakers on offense to, to give our defense a cushion. So, like I said, uh, you know, hats off to Bronco Mendenhall, the whole staff, Robert and I, their offensive coordinator. They they had some wrinkles. They do a lot more stuff pre-snap defensively than I think any team will play. Um, so, you know, looking forward to Miami. Um, I think it'll be a lot of the same in terms of having a quarterback that can run. There's a, a lot of things to improve on from Virginia, but I feel like there's that's how you get better. You have to fail a little bit. You have to have coaching points. So, all in all, I felt like it was a good game. Offense at times looked really good. At times was a little bit sluggish. So, but it's just a part of getting back at the up to game speed. So, like I said, looking forward to Miami. Probably the biggest game of the year. So, yeah. All right, Davini, what you got on the on the Georgia game? Slaughter. We took him to the woodshed. I yes, loved you did. Every single second of that game. Every single second came out hot. Old Stetson Bennett, man, he um, he turned a lot of heads this weekend. Um, going into the game, it was still what the – everybody was asking what the quarterback situation was going to be like, and he stepped up big time. I like him a lot. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, he delivered the mail. He did. He's the mailman. The EGA. <laughs> That's his nickname. Um, where, where did that come from, though? 
Either I don't know. The mailman. He wears um, he wears a U.S. mail. If you look up like all his camp pictures from when he was getting recruited, he'll have a U.S. mail flat bill hat on. <laughs> nice. So, nice. So nice. I don't know if that's where it comes from. I'm assuming that's where it comes from. I'm sure. But yeah, he started as a walk on his freshman year. Didn't get any playing time because Easton and Fromm were there. Transferred to junior college to obviously get some playing time. I think he almost made it to the Natty in junior college or their championship. Um, I don't know if they made it or they made it to the semifinals. Then he came back to Georgia on a scholarship, and he was still four-string going into the year. He's faced adversity. He's made it through, man. Everybody loves him right now. He looks very confident. He's very poised in the pocket. He's a good decision maker. He doesn't make stupid plays as of right now. He looked good. I mean, it's not like that. Auburn defense was terrible. I mean, that's pretty good defense, especially for the SEC. So, I was happy for him. Running game looked great. Offensive line abused those guys on the other side. They won in the trenches. I mean, it was – I've seen a bunch of highlights of guys just getting pancaked and thrown around on that defense. Um and our defense really came out strong, too. Uh, they weren't let old Bo Nix do anything. I mean, all you got to do is give him some pressure, and he freaks out and doesn't know what to do and throws it away and makes a bad throw. I mean, out of, I think it was 44 snaps that were passes, um, we rushed him 22 times. <laughs> that's, how, that's how that game went. So I think uh, you saw a little bit of that last year, too, if – he got flustered in the pocket or the pocket broke down. He freaked out and know what to do. So, I don't know. I, I thought Bo Nix would have stepped up this year and then <laughs> progressed a little bit from last year because, I mean, as a freshman starting for SEC school, he did pretty well. Not great, but pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he was inconsistent, but he yeah. gave him a chance to win every week. I exactly. felt like – I mean, George is the be- probably the best defense in the country. So – when you're pressured on all your snaps, it's hard to have a good game. But I, I agree with you. I, I thought we'd probably see a little bit better performance from him. You know, at least show some progression. But I didn't see a whole lot of that. It looked like yeah. he went right back to last year. Yeah, I think I think he's just really streaky. You know, if he if he starts off Very. if he starts off strong, completes a few passes, gets some confidence, gets some confidence in him, then he has a good game. And if he's got a defense like Georgia coming at him every play, then he gets – hes I mean, he looks scared. Yeah. Honestly, he had happy feet. He was – he just – he was playing scared. And, I mean, that's just – Yeah, I feel like I've been went. tough on him in past conversations, but I just – I've yet to see the that game of Bo going out there and, you know, like he's the guy. He's going to take your offense down the field when you need him to, like with some confidence and – just you know, standing in the pocket and delivering the ball. I just had you just haven't seen that yet. I just feel like, like I don't know. I made a pretty harsh comparison to uh, Jake Bentley in the group group message the other night when he was playing. But like that's just how he kind of reminds me of when he he just plays like no confidence. Just he's he don't have that mentality. So and that's yeah, what I, I saw out of Stetson Bennett. I mean Stetson like he's like dude. I, he just is poised, stands in there. And he's he's a gamer. So he, he took his, dude. Yeah, so I think that's the difference, honestly, in that game. I mean, it was brutal to watch their offense not be able to. 
I mean, I know y'all's defense is really, really good, but it was Bunch brutal. Of freaks off the yeah. edge. Six so, points, six yeah. points a whole night, and Gus Malzahn, they're supposed to be an offensive guru. I don't know. Yeah, Chad Morris calling plays. I mean, they didn't even give him a chance. No, yeah. Nothing nothing works when there's, you know, three guys in the backfield in two seconds. Yeah. But yeah. Tank, Tank Bigsey looked pretty good. That's, that's the one thing yeah. I texted. I texted Tate, and I told him, I said, I told you Tank's going to be good. And you know, I, got, I think I think he's gonna be oh, yeah. good. I, the, I I would be interested to see what they look like with Malik Willis right now. I just wish they used. I hope you know these next couple weeks they use Tank more because every time Tank got the ball, he would. He was productive. He, yes. Yeah. He was, yeah. He, yeah. He's a good player. He got you yards and open space. He looked good too. I gotta make a shout out to Tyson Campbell for locking down Seth Williams all night. Yeah, he was in that, witness protection the whole night. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was on Campbell Island, boy. I mean, that that's that's I mean that's the NFL caliber wide receiver right there. And Tyson didn't let him do much of anything. He did drop a touchdown pass or a catch, but that was still you know hard. Who, you know who Seth okay. Williams reminds me of? Yeah. Like a shorter Cortland Sutton, very physical to the football. He's quick off his routes. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot to like about Seth Williams, though. Yeah. yeah. But he got locked down on Saturday. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He – now, I was shocked. I was I was honestly scared of that matchup. Because last year, Campbell was streaky. You know, he had great games like that. And then, you know, the next game, that's why DJ and Eric rotate a lot last year, too. Um, that's why experience is so big, at, especially in the secondary. Yeah. Because not only do you have to know your assignment – but, I mean, week to week, it, it changes who you're matched up against. I mean, Tyson, he followed him the whole game, right? Didn't he shadow him the whole time? Yeah, except uh, a couple plays he shadowed Schwartz. You know, when they uh, when they would bring Schwartz across in motion and they throw the ball in the flat, yeah. you know, Tyson made a good play on one of those where he followed him across the field while he was in motion and tackled him when he caught the ball. Um, yeah, secondary play, even without – you know, that quarterback back there, Richard LeCount, out the second half of that game. It looked good, man. They looked good. But I was impressed with the game Saturday. That's that's the Georgia team I was looking for. Yeah, for sure. So what you got with Carolina and Florida, Jacob? Well, you know, it was uh it was a rough game. The offense honestly had a pretty solid game, I thought. Colin Hill looked pretty good. His stats, his stats don't really, don't really, nec- don't necessarily show it. Twenty-eight forty-seven, which is fifty-nine percent for two hundred twelve yards and two touchdowns. Should have been three touchdowns. He just he missed shy in the end zone on that last play. And you got to take into account we had six or seven drops in that game. You know, you add those drop, you make those drops catches in, in his stats, and he's thrown for seventy-two percent because they weren't bad passes. They just, they really, honestly, were just they just hit off receivers' hands. Another one, Shy Smith looked good again. I was surprised that Florida let him get 12 receptions. I think I said uh, in last week's podcast that Shy probably wouldn't get 10 receptions. And I guess I was right because he got 12. Um, <laughs> he looked good. Xavier Leggett went out uh, with a tweak groin. I think he was out pretty much the whole second half. So I didn't see much of him. It was nice to see the freshman Rico Powers come in and get a couple of receptions. Kevin Harris looked looked really good, I thought. 
Oh, ran yeah. 22 carries for 100 yards, uh, two touchdowns, one on the ground, one in the air. He looked like he was he was hard to bring down. He ran hard. Uh, and he had he had a little burst to him, you know. He's not he doesn't have the breakaway speed. He's not going to outrun everybody, but he he was getting around the corner pretty well. Uh, he, and Deshaun Fenwick, he didn't get many carries, but but he was averaging about five and a half yards per carry. He looked pretty good. He got a lot of action in the passing game. Um, the offensive line, I thought, played a little bit better this week. They were still pretty up and down. It it, it almost seems like one play they they open holes. The next play, it's just they just get blown back. The defense just is kind of disappointing this year, honestly. The secondary didn't play didn't play great. The defensive line didn't play great either. I mean, JC Horn played a pretty good game again. He seems to, to just lock down the side of the field for the most part. John Dixon, uh, he came in, well, he replaced Cam Smith from last week. He he was the starter at corner. And he looked pretty good in coverage. He needs to work on tackling, I think. He missed a few tackles that, that kind of hurt us. But uh, he looked pretty good in coverage. Izzy started at safety, which a lot of people think is is a better position for him than corner. But I don't know. He he played okay. He gave up a touchdown to Pitts. He gave up a couple big plays, which was kind of unfortunate to see. Um, but – you know, he might he might still have a little nagging groin injury going there, but for the defensive line, there's there's not a whole lot to say. We didn't get much pressure on Trask, and when we did, he was he was stepping up in the pocket, he was maneuvering the pocket really well. He's a good uh, player. Yeah, I think I think that's something he's really good at is is kind of moving around the pocket, extending the play a little bit. I thought the young guys, Jordan Birch and Tonka Hemingway, played really well. Jordan Birch had a nice tackle for loss on a screenplay. I think he needs to get more snaps. He looks fast. He looks explosive. Tonka Hemingway, uh, he got a – I don't know how many snaps. I think he got about around 10 snaps or so, but he forced that fumble on Trask, which is big. We went down and scored after we got that. But I think one of the, one of the most crucial parts in the game was right before halftime. It was 14-14. We held him to a field goal. And then we had the ball back. We had a chance to take the lead before half, which would have been huge. We go out there, throw the ball three straight times, go three and out. <clears throat> when I mean the running game was, they couldn't they they were having a lot of trouble stopping Kevin Harris. So I don't know why we just decided to start throwing the ball. Uh, and then a bad punt. They have the ball about the fifty. They go down and score, and it's just very demoralizing going into half right there. So, and then I mean I don't even want to get into the time management at the end of the game. We go on a drive that yeah. we we got eight minutes left. We go on a drive that's it's about seven minutes and we end up just not getting a touchdown. So that's, it was, it was really hard to watch, but you know, all yeah, in all, Mike, I mean, minus, we minus the end of that drive, that's the drive that it should have been coming out of half. Yeah. That's what I was most frustrated watching that game is y'all got away from doing what worked well. Kevin Harris was running the ball. He was running, doing really well. So yeah. I felt like y'all, that's like a game that you can't, can't get away from doing what you're doing well. And then it'll get out of hand. And just like you said, you went quick three and out and it got out of hand. Yeah. And I mean, we won the turnover battle. We won the time of possession, all that. I mean, it was a decent game, but that's a game that we, we had to pretty much play, play perfectly to win. But Florida is a tough team to match up with, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of guys on offense that, that can 
that can hurt you. So well, I mean, miss, the way miss. they use Kyle is ridiculous. Straight up tight end. Then they put him out wide and throw a twenty yard back shoulder throw like he's a receiver. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's tough. like Travis Kelsey. That's that's the way they use him. I mean, he's yeah. he's just a matchup issue no matter who's on him. He's gonna yeah. expose a weakness if you got it in, in your defense. So. Yeah, I mean, he only had four catches, but two of them were first downs and two of them were touchdowns. So they were all really big catches. So I mean, yeah. we we held him down for. We held him down a little bit, but he still got his, which, I mean, you expect him to do. But, I mean, all in all, Florida's a good team. We won. I don't think any South Carolina fans were expecting to win that game. It's just the way we lost it, it's just, it was just a little heartbreaking. But so. I never felt like the game got away from y'all. I feel like in years past, that middle eight, into the second, into the second quarter going into the half, they're able to go up, create a little bit of separation. I feel like that's normally a point where things kind of start to unravel. Yeah, I never saw that though. I, I felt like y'all were, I mean, y'all were in the game the whole time. Even at the end, if you score a touchdown there, I mean, the score would have shown how close the game really was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, then with that being said, we'll move into overviews of next week's games. We'll start off with Sid. What you got with the Georgia Tech game? Well, I think this bye week came at a great time. Uh, we, I think, we'll get Trey Swilling back, which we have not had all year best cover corner, which what was supposed to be a strength of our our defense was our secondary, but just haven't had it this year for whatever reason. I think the Louisville will have Cunningham back. Whatever that injury was with him that he got carted off the field, they say he's good to go. So that's going to be tough. I'll account for him, and then they run the ball pretty well. They have a really good back. I, I look for us to run the ball a lot more. I like what Colin said after our last game, and then his interviews this past weekend, you know, he put that loss on him, said the team just looked unprepared, and that's on the coaches. And uh, he said they didn't do a lot of self-scouting during the bye week and looking at what we do best and uh, working on game, scenario, game scenarios that we struggle in, such as red zone, finishing drives, all that kind of thing. So players have been saying practice has been good, but I think we got to come out and run the ball, try to control the time possession, like Sam said, like we should be able to score 30, but I just – I don't know if I see us making that big of a leap. So, it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's going to be a lot of running the ball. Louisville's run defense is not good. They haven't been able to really stop anybody. So Yeah, I mean, I think y'all should make that just kind of your identity. I mean, you got some really good backs, and Jeff Sims probably just do better in, in a little uh, play-action pass game. Right. He's he's not he's he's not bad, but I think when he when he gets under pressure, he, he kind of makes some mistakes, which I mean he's a freshman, you kinda expect that, but with those running backs you'll have Jameer Gibbs, you know, he's a beast, so I'll just feed them back there. Yeah. Yeah, and see like uh, that's what we talked about before this. It sucks because Jeff has all these picks, but he has three true picks on the year. One of them or two of them are pretty bad, and then one of them, Asante Samuel made a really good play on it, in my opinion. The other ones are the ball's getting tipped as it's coming out of his hand. So, I mean, while they're not – while we're not giving up any sacks, these press this – we're still not giving our quarterback a lot of time to sit in the pocket and make throws. Now, there's obviously got to be times where he's got to make a better decision and say, okay, I'm about – I got pressure in my face. I can't make this throw. You know, but that, like you said, that's freshman quarterback. But, I mean, I, I think we do need to make that our identity because – we got three backs, truly, and four if we get Jordan Mason back. Um, I don't think we'll have him back this week. 
But, like, there was a game – I mean, there was a scenario in the Syracuse game where the offensive coordinator came out after and was like, you know, I was trying to run tempo. And Tashar Choice was like, hey, I want to sub in Dante Smith, which Dante Smith is, like, maybe three or fourth in rotation. Right now he's three. And the offensive coordinator let it happen. It was against his wishes. And then Dante broke off a 30-yard run. And he was like, okay, we got guys in our stable that we can run. So he's been I, explosive. I, yeah. He's for carrier through the roof. Yeah. So, I mean, we got to make that. And, and if you have two back sets and that kind of thing, you can run different plays out of that. I think that's where we need to need to be as a team. I think if we can get our two tight ends back, because we've been running a long snapper as our tight end. And then the, his backup is a freshman, that Billy Ward, and he's just not there with the playbook yet and knowing the plays. So, we got to get the two Dillons back at tight end. And that, that usually helps us in protection because we use them to help protect. So if we can get those two back, I feel a lot better about our offense. And hopefully we've been uh, – we'll, we'll cut down on some some untimely turnovers. Yeah, Devaney, what you got on the Georgia-Tennessee game? Not too much. We kind of had, you know, the same – idea what we want to do uh, going into the game is run the ball down their throats. They want to do the same thing against us. They have a good offensive line, and so do we. So I think they're definitely going to be able to run the ball pretty well or better than Arkansas Auburn have. I think we're going to be able to run the ball too, though, because their rush defense isn't too great. Their secondary is stronger than their interior defense. So that's probably what we're going to – Home to the most is running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. It's going to be – I think it's going to be a pretty good game at first, like last year, and I think we're going to pull it out at the end. You know, they're, they're a good bunch. They're 2-0. and You know, there's not – not much I can say about them because I'm not a big fan of Tennessee, so I don't really watch their games that much. But um, – Yeah, yeah. There's – a lot, of, a lot of young guys are going to be playing a lot more now. We had uh, Jalen Carter played like 40% of snaps last week, uh, freshman D-tackle. Rosemey and Jermaine uh, both played a lot. Rosemey, I think, is going to play more than Landers this game because Landers is going to get grilled on that ball that he slowed down on. It should probably would have been a touchdown. I don't know. Did you all see that? Yeah. Uh, Stetson threw him a deep ball and it was like a yard ahead of him and he slowed down before the ball even dropped. Yeah, so y'all obviously know who I'm talking about, but a friend of mine, has, he, he often talks to me about Georgia football and he is like hard on Matt Landers. He is not a fan. And then as soon as that happened, I wasn't even watching the game. He texted me, he's like, did you just see Matt Landers? And then I went and watched the video. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, that is just, I mean, there's too much talent besides him that you can't do that. Like, if I was a coach, I'd be like, all right, next guy up. Like, that's, you can't do that, dude. But that's the thing. They say he does that in practice, too, and he still gets reps. You're like, how? It might just be a seniority thing because he's older than Rosemey. Yeah. You know, Rosemey's a freshman. Well, they say the but, kid from Elko has been looking good, too. So, I can't remember his name, but freshman from Elko. So, I mean, you got people pushing you. You can't just be out there hot yeah. dogging it on a wide yeah. open. I mean, that should have been a touchdown. Yeah, it definitely should have been a touchdown. We should, we probably should have beat them. Uh, what would have been the score? Thirty more. would have been thirty. If, if we scored that, it would have been thirty-four to six going into half. Or no, 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 that was the total. But right, going but into I'm half, saying, it would have been thirty-one. Right, 
That's what I'm saying. Thirty-one to three. To, to three. It's like yeah. I mean, y'all yeah. took him to the shed, but that's that's really bad going in the half. Thirty-one-three. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think the thing with uh, with Tennessee is, I think Georgia can shut down the run pretty well. I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna break off a, a few a few chunk runs here and there because their offensive line is gonna open up some holes. But Georgia's linebackers are fast, they're good. Uh, their line is is really solid. So and Garantana is a guy that he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he's not gonna win them the games of the air. So. I think Georgia shuts down the run. You put some pressure on on the quarterback, and I think it will probably get out of hand in the second half. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna force him to make throws um, for sure. And last year when we played him, it was one of our worst defensive games last year. Not by score standpoint, but just by execution. <clears throat> so I think I think will execute well this weekend. I'm glad to have LeCount back there. Offense, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. We're riding the confidence of Stetson right now, so yeah, looking forward yep. to it. Be a good game. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll I'll go over the uh, South Carolina Vandy game a little bit. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say. Vandy is is not very good. The offense is is pretty poor. They're averaging eight and a half points a game. They're averaging. 3.9 yards per play, which is pretty terrible. And then their defense is also not great against Texas A&M. They forced some turnovers, which is what kept them in that game. Texas A&M had three or four fumbles. I, I can't really remember, but I mean, they're giving up 30 points a game. They're giving up uh, 400 plus yards per game. So this is a game that South Carolina needs to come out there and kind of, you know, step on the throats, step on the gas pedal and get it done. Uh, it's a game that I would like to see a bunch of young guys get reps, especially at, you know, especially pass catchers, guys like the carry on joiner, uh, Rico powers, uh, another freshman, Jacare Caldwell. I would like to see them get in, get some, get some targets, get some reps. Cause we just need, we need to find guys on the outside that can make plays other than Shai Smith. Uh, I mean, at some point, I feel like teams are going to figure out how to stop Shy Smith. Uh, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but at some point, they're going to realize that that's the only guy we throw to. And then even the tight ends, I mean, Nick Muse, he's a solid player, but he, he drops balls. And I feel like every single drop he has is on is on like a third and seven. So that's you just can't have that. So I'd like to see some of the younger tight ends get in, get some, get some reps, get some uh, targets, all that. Uh, and then defense, I want to see Jordan Burge play a bunch. I want to see Tonya Hemingway play a bunch. Uh, another D tackle, Alex Huntley hadn't been playing because he had a little ankle sprain in camp. Uh, I want to see him get in, get some reps. Uh, the linebacker, Mo Kaba, I would like to see him get in because the linebacking core has, hasn't looked great after losing the starting Will and Sherrod Green. Uh, I mean, Ernest Jones is a really good player, but other than him, it's been it's been lacking a little bit. So I'd like to see Mo Cabo. Maybe he can get come in there, step up a little bit. But overall, we just need to – I think this is a game that we can really find some guys that can catch the ball. Uh, other than that, 
if we can get to the point where we're beating him pretty bad, I would love to see Helensky get in, get some reps, see how he's looking. Uh, but really, overall, I just want a clean game. I want a game that the team can build some confidence in, and I just want to see them win, honestly. <laughs> it's been a long time. So that's really all I got. Uh, Sam, what you got for the Clemson-Miami game? I mean, it's uh, it's put up or shut up for both teams. I think we're going to find out if Miami's really who we think they are. I think we're going to find out if Clemson's who we think they are. You know, they're, they're hyping this game up. Obviously, game day is going to be there. Uh, probably the biggest game of the season for us. We got pit towards the end of the season. We'll see how they uh, how they come out. But I think for Miami, you know, obviously De'Aaron King has been the catalyst for them. Cameron Harris, tailback, is a, is a really good player. I'm, I'm excited to see how we how we match up with them. Brevin Jordan is a is a mismatch at tight end. Uh, not sure if our safeties are going to be able to contain him. Um, but I think it, it starts up front for us. We'll get Tyler Davis back in the middle. That's going to be huge. Um, he's, I mean, he's a stump in the middle. He's, he's very reminiscent of Grady Jarrett. Um, obviously not at that level yet, but very, very similar player just in terms of his size. That's, that's who he reminds me of. Um, but obviously another player that they got from Houston, a transfer tackle, uh, Jared Williams. Uh, he's, he's been big for them. Uh, so I think for us defensively, if we can get some pressure on, on King, he's a pass first guy. I mean, frankly, he, he wants to throw the ball, but he will kill you with his feet. He's, he's averaging like five yards after contact. He's, he's very, very good. I think he's averaging a little over 15 yards of scramble. Uh, so obviously seeing Brendan Armstrong, who's not that caliber of athlete, um, you know, have time to stand back in the pocket and then make some plays when running lanes opened. I think, I think King is going to, going to be able to exploit that a little bit. Hopefully we can, we can contain him a little bit. But I'm really excited to see our offense. Miami's got two really good defensive ends, Quincy Roche, Jalen Phillips, the transfer from from UCLA. Both of those guys have looked outstanding thus far. Um, I feel very confident in our tackles. Uh, Jordan McFadden and Jackson Carmen, both two really good players, very athletic. Um, so it's going to be a good a good chess match there on the edge. But I think the biggest thing for us is just staying ahead of the chains, being on schedule offensively. Uh, we've got the best quarterback in the country. We've got the best running back in the country. I think it's just about building consistency defensively, getting everybody in there together um, and just being on the same page a little bit more. There are a few covered lapses against Virginia and we can't, can't really afford to have that. Mark Pope's a very, very good receiver for them, former five-star guy. Um, and now that he's got a legitimate quarterback right there, he's, he's made some big plays. So I'm excited for it. Um, it's going to be a big challenge for us, but I think ultimately, like I said, when you have Trevor and Travis in the backfield, I think we're going to be able to give our defense a little bit of a cushion. Uh, I think Travis had like 114, 115 yards receiving last week, and three of his catches came on a third long. I think he had a couple of third and 16s that he converted. Um, but like I said, we got to stay on schedule offensively. We can't afford to let those defensive ends pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. But like I said, with you know with Travis being more of a pass catcher, other than Amari Rogers, Frank Latson's looked good, but Amari Rogers has been our main guy. Uh, catching the football. So having Travis back there, you know, being able to make plays out of the backfield is huge because anytime you can get the ball in number nine's hands, I mean, he's a, he's a threat to take it to the crib. Um, so like I said, I, I think it's put up or shut up for both teams. I, I don't know that Miami has really been tested. I don't know that we've been tested. Like I mentioned in a, in the recap of the Virginia game, their team scheme wise that, uh, that does a lot of things offensively. 
Um, and defensively, they give you a lot of different looks. So I think Miami is going to be more base defense. I think we'll have a little bit uh, less, you know, I think it'll be less of an issue for Trevor pre-snap. But like I said, it, it really just comes down to having the offense stay on schedule, get you some points, um, and keep the defense off the field as much as we can because that's that's going to be our best defense of, of the Eric King is keeping him on the sidelines. So uh, I, I think Clemson will win this game. I, I wouldn't say a comfortable win uh, just because I haven't seen the defense play cohesively yet, um, but, but really excited for it. It's going to be a big game. I think this will be the first – chance that we get to see Derek King be tested a little bit this by far I mean I know you are young by far the most athletic and and uh like their defense a lot y'all's defensive line is pretty legit so I'm, I'm interested to see how he does because their offensive line I know it's Virginia but Virginia has a pretty decent offensive line they played a lot of games together and they're, they're big dudes Miami just doesn't have that. They've, they've been in – their offensive line has been in shambles the past couple of years. I know they got the transfer or whatever, but uh, I'm excited to see uh, De'Aaron King, see what he does under a little bit more heat. I feel like you will be able to get a little pressure on him. I hope so. I, re I, re I really think that we have – you know, we have a lot of talent on the D-line. We've got talent everywhere. I, I feel comfortable in the matchups out wide. Uh, I feel good about our corners. Darion Kendrick's a – he's a dog. He's a gamer. Um, Andrew Booth is – He's a guy bad. that's playing with some confidence right now. So, um, I'm, like I said, I, I think that I think that the biggest thing for us is just seeing what De'Aaron King does. If we can get pressure, keeping him inside the pocket. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the talk this week has been, you know, comparing this game to kind of like 2016 at Deshaun Lamar duel in Death Valley. In 2016, our defense was not outstanding. Uh, they, you know, like I said, we had some guys get drafted, good players, but it was just that that team coming into its own so I'm I'm excited for it I think that I think that for Miami you know Rhett Lashley is going to have their offense they go at hyper speed they're very fast a lot of athletes so I think for both sides it's a lot of talent so it's it's going to be a good game if you look at recruiting rankings there's there's four or five star guys at every single position oh, Miami's always had the athletes no doubt yeah Florida Breeze. always and now they now they got a quarterback that can put it together so We'll yeah. see. Yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting game. But uh, to get out of the SEC, ACC, this isn't really a question, more of a statement. Um, but the Big 12 this weekend, they kind of opted out of the college football playoff. We can just expand on that a little bit. Oklahoma lost the second straight game. <laughs> Texas, Texas lost to TCU after almost losing uh, the week before. Neither team looks very good. Their offenses look fine. I mean, it's the Big 12, but the defenses almost look worse than usual, which is kind of surprising. But that's saying something. <laughs> that is saying something. I mean, I would just yeah. not have imagined that this Oklahoma-Texas matchup coming up would have essentially just meant not a whole lot. I thought it was going to be a top 15 matchup. Dude. I, I, I just – and I was talking to Connor about it. Oklahoma's just—they've just got too much talent for the. It's like a Miami thing. Not, they're not—they haven't been as inconsistent as Miami, but it's just like you're too good for this. I mean, I get Iowa State, Kansas State. They're—they're they're like those tough—not tough teams, but they're those trap games kind of deal. And it seems to work out for them every year. It's just like it's got to change at some point because uh, I don't know. It's frustrating. I, I know Connor's got to be frustrated. I, and Oklahoma's—they're not like a. They're, they're a likable team. I can pull for them, and it, it just makes me like 
I'm kind of frustrated for him watching it. Starts from the top, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for Oklahoma is that you've got a quarterback that he just he just hadn't had his feet to the fire yet. I mean, you got to think when when Kyler Murray came in, he didn't have a ton of experience, um, and that's really I mean Baker played and was very good at Texas Tech. Um, so I mean, I think for them, it's just about breaking in the quarterback. You got to get his feet wet. He's he's got to fail a little bit. That's part of growing up. That's part of getting better. Um, he's a he's a hell of a player. It's yeah. just mistakes oh, yeah. at the end of the game. They've they've been in games. They just got to find a way to close them out and get, well, get a little I mean, bit of help from the defense. Bottom line, there was no reason for him to make that throw at the end of the game. Should they have been down like they were? No. They, I mean, they had a, at one point. I looked. It was like seventeen to three. But at the end of the game, there's two games in a row where he's just made. The last game it was an inaccurate throw, and this one he threw over the top in double coverage, and it just didn't make sense. So I think he's got to learn from that. If he's just he just forces the ball. And, yeah. you know, early in the game, he looks good. And then when it's crunch time, he just – he starts trying to force the ball. It's almost like he tr- he trusts his arm too much, which, I mean, it's never bad to trust your arm. But at some point, you can't be throwing in a double coverage. You can't – I mean – I, I mean, know. you got to think, like, at, without a kid like an arm like his, in high school, he was out there making those throws all the exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. And it's, it's against kids that are not athletic in the secondary. But now you've got – Division one football players out there, they're going to intercept the ball when it's, you know, in their area. So if you make a bad throw, you're probably going to pay for it. And yeah. he has. And, it, and Oklahoma's paid for it. So I, I think you got to see more growth out of him until you start. I don't want to hear any, any more about this Big 12 talk. I'm tired of it. I'm tired <laughs> of it, man. It's like the Big 10. I mean, they hype up the conference every year. We got two playoff teams, you know. Oklahoma and Texas, blah, blah. Big Ten's like Ohio State, you know, which, you know, Ohio State's got a shot now because there's not going to be anyone for the Big 12. They just got to make it through their full season. They're going to have to get all eight games. Yeah, they are going to have to get all eight games. Um, And and, and speaking of that, can you all think of any Power 5 teams that had their game canceled this weekend? No. Not not that I saw. I can't think of any. No. So, I mean, I'm I'm not going to – I'm not going to go as far to say that I think teams have COVID under control, but I do think they have a good idea. You know, these guys understand they can't, they can't put themselves in a position to be around other people outside of the program. So I think your, your big time teams, they, they seem to have a handle on it uh, inside the program. So I think, I think going forward, uh, it's going to be interesting for the big 10, just as they start, you know, game prep, getting out of uh, their fall camp. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I feel fairly, I feel much more confident now that they'll be able to get a full season in than I have at any point since, you know, this whole COVID thing started. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that has to do with why you don't see power five schools postponing is because they probably have a little more funds to spend towards, you know, all the necessary stuff, equipment, all that junk. I don't know. Well, testing alone. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Wake Forest. Wake Forest athletic director came out and said it cost them ninety thousand dollars a week. Yeah, that's that's astronomical. Your, your, your lower so. tier schools, like what was it this weekend? The Troy game got postponed. I mean, those schools can't do rapid testing every single day, like you know Georgia or South Carolina or Clemson and Tech can't. You know, it's just not, it's just not there. They don't have the means to do that. 
So I think that's well, why you see. If you're tech, two. you just get some, you know, guys in the engineering lab. They come up with their own tests, and it don't cost <laughs> us as much. That's what yeah. we're doing. So that's true. That's true. Yeah, but going off of uh, going off of the Big Twelve blunders, um, you know, early season or preseason, I, I should say, uh, both um, Spencer Rattler and Sam Ellinger, they both were on the Heisman list, early Heisman contenders and you know what do you, what do you think about Heisman favorites right now I mean I, th- I think you got to start with with Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Trask yeah yeah and that's exactly becoming, what I was gonna say it's become a quarterback award Trask is a guy that we all knew would probably have some success just because of the playmakers around him I mean Kyle Pitts is a uh, dude's a touchdown machine you get him in the red zone and they've got him they've got Tony they've got Grimes they've got a bunch of weapons uh, so I think for him, as long as he plays in that system, his stats are going to support it. Um, obviously, in the SEC, they're going to they're going to have some games. Georgia coming up is going to be a big one. And then obviously with Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I think you know Trevor's kind of back to that what he was as a freshman, where we were all just kind of enamored with how good he was. Yeah. Now he's now he's grown to the point where, you know, beginning of last season we saw him trust his arm a little bit, kind of the Spencer Rattler thing where. He'd, he'd think he could fit one into a window, couldn't get it. And I think he's I think he's grown up in that sense. But, I mean, he's he's just not putting the ball in coverage. Talking about Travis Etienne with three three huge catches on third and long, he's not putting the ball in, into coverage. He's, he's realizing that there's nothing downfield. He's checking it down. And there's athletes around him too. I mean, unproven, but they're, they're athletes, highly recruited guys, guys that can play. Uh, so I, I think the conversation has to start with those two guys, maybe even Kyle Pitts. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I think Mac Jones might slip up in there. I was about to say I was about to say Mac Jones is is a guy that's played really well. He's just just the the one knock on him is he's just I said it last week he's just not a guy that's going to come out and and just take over a game win the game. I mean they just have so many weapons. It's hard yeah. to see. He doesn't. Him he doesn't have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't have to. But the Heisman is kind of the guy that that is the team. You know. Yeah. I Speaking of Alabama's weapons, did, who was the new receiver? What was his name? Michi. Uh, yep. So they got another Waddle and all those guys. They, they, got they grow them. They grow them there. Sheesh. I'm telling you, just, they pop them out like Tic Tacs. Yeah, I think the the thing about the Heisman that's kind of tough for me right now, there's not like, – usually there's that one defensive guy that's there, at least in New York, you know. Right now, I mean, like Stingley, he hadn't played a whole lot. So – I mean, there's really not one that really stands out. It's it's definitely a quarterback uh, award, in my opinion, this year. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll see what Travis does, though. I think Etn might play his way in. I think uh, he's yeah. just those are explosive plays are just those are uh, that he's that's different. what puts him that's what puts him up there is he's just so explosive. I mean, it's like y'all got nothing going for two drives in a row, and next thing you know, it's a home run for 80 yards. I mean, that just flips things fast. So. Yeah. yeah, I could I could see him playing playing into that. Yeah, I think I think Derek King is a guy that could potentially put him put his name in there. I think this weekend would be big for him. I do think Clemson is going to win probably by double digit points, but if he can put on a good performance, if he can limit mistakes, you know, limit turnovers stuff like that, I think he can still have a chance. He's a guy that again, he's a he's a pass first guy, but then when he gets out of the pocket when he starts scrambling he runs like a running back he's really really special type of athlete so I think he's a guy and then of course Justin Fields 
when they start playing, if if he can if they can get in their eight games, he's a guy that you can't necessarily sleep on. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Davini, you're missing someone. You you texted us this weekend, Stetson Bennett for Heisman. Uh, yeah, um, I, was, I was waiting. I was waiting for Jacob to quit talking. That's what I was saying. It's, <laughs> it's found upon that. Stetson for Heisman, mailman, man. Go ahead and send your votes in for the mailman. <laughs> the mailman. If I had a Heisman vote, I would vote for him. Actually, I wouldn't. But I was about to say that's very <laughs> unlike you, Jacob. I don't think there's any of us besides Divinity that would vote for him if we had him. Not to say I don't like the kid. I mean, I, I like the way he plays, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm just, I'm just riding him right now because I mean, he do. He's the under like he's the underdog story. Yeah. He was also he's also been incredibly efficient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing with playing quarterback is at a school like Georgia where you have the athletes around you. You just kind of facilitate. Right. You don't have he's to do too much. Smart guy. Yeah. yeah, you just you just play within the means of the scheme, and and it's it's gonna happen for you. You just you just make the layups. That's all you got to do. You make a few big plays, like the throw to uh, down the sideline to Pickens. Yeah, that was, that was a beautiful ball right there. Yeah, it was perfect throw. I mean, and, and, and Pickens is a dog. You you got to feed him. So that's why that's why Kiara snapped last games because they were, you know, obviously I'm impressed by Kiaris because he he's like a little Miko. Yeah, he didn't have like a whole lot of momentum going into this year and all that, and then all of a sudden he's he he graded out as the highest rated receiver this past week. Mm-hmm. So he's he's having himself a nice early year so far. Yeah, he's turned into a great great slot receiver, dude. He, he's looking yep. really good, and that that uh, want to silence the haters a little bit because I've seen a lot about how Stetson doesn't have an arm. Okay. Um, y'all go back. He, to did, that he did underthrow that deep ball to Karras. That's he a touchdown. Did. I'm, yeah, that's the throw I'm talking about. He he did underthrow Kiaris pretty well. Um, it's still a 45-yard throw. Yes, and he didn't step into it. It was flat-footed. Like, he was standing. He was he was aimed at him, but he didn't, like, step into the throw and use all he had. And I also was watching a, another podcast um, on DGA Sports, and I don't know if you all remember Coach John, and he was a – he coached in the 90s for the Bulldogs, and he was talking about how Stetson has a really good arm. It's probably better than Fromm's. I mean, you know, you just we just haven't been able to see it yet because he hasn't had to throw the deep ball. That was probably the first deep ball he's thrown all year. But, yeah, you know. I mean, you know, he, he has definitely a strong enough arm to make the throws. I mean, he's no Josh Allen or, you know, Trevor Lawrence type guy. He doesn't have a cannon on him, but he, he has enough arm to make the throws like Jake Fromm was. Just he has enough arm for sure. He's a gamer too. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. At quarterback, dude, if you if you got it between the ears and you, and you can you can make some plays along the way, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. A lot of older guys from that year that we <sighs> lost to Bama and the Natty. Um Lorenzo Carter and a bunch of other guys on defense, uh, Roquan Smith, they said, you know, he was the best scout quarterback ever. I mean, he was a beast. They were they, – everybody's coming out saying that he's been a monster this whole time and we're getting to see it firsthand. So, well, they, they, they would be saying that now. But, anyways. <laughs> um, right, but I'm not hating. I think, I think he's done a really good job. But just saying – uh, but you know, going going back to Kyle Trask and De'Aaron King, uh, which Florida team or team from Florida do y'all think has the best chance of making the playoff? Florida. Can I answer this next week? Miami's overrated. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope just, so. 
Miami's just not one of those teams that can mentally ride it out the whole year, in my opinion. Manny Diaz, I just I, – I, I've always just not been a fan of his. I think his teams end up – have been a joke kind of with the amount of talent they have. And, yeah, they haven't had a quarterback and they have one this year. But, I mean, half the time those guys are quitting during games and stuff. Like, start, stop, if it starts to go south, I can see it going south. So I think this is a different Miami team, frankly. And I, I think their offense is. I think I think Red Lashley on offense. I mean he, he he's a really he's a really good coach. Uh, frankly, I think schematically they do a lot of really good things. Um, hearing Brent Venables talk about what they do, like I said, you know, kind of in my my preview of it, they're not going to come out do a bunch of checks at the line on either side of the ball. But what they do well, they they do well. They're going to play to their strengths. They're going to go fast. Obviously, um, they've had a bye week to prepare for us. So I think I think they probably used every bit of the two weeks they're going to have. They're going to be ready to play. So I, I'm I'm interested to see what Miami does. But I'm I'm with you all. I think Florida's the better team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Miami has a, definitely has a chance to shock the world this weekend. And if they do, this opinion could change. I, I doubt it, but it could. But Florida's a really good team. They have some holes on defense, though. I think that Florida-Georgia game is going to be a really big game for them. Huge. Um, and even if they lose that game, depending on how Georgia does against Alabama and all that stuff, they can still make it in. But Florida's offense is, is elite. Uh, they have a lot of you know, route concepts, stuff like that, that, that look like LSU from last year. I'm not saying that they are LSU from last year because that's, a, I think, like once-in-a-lifetime type team. But Oh, yeah. But they the have stars a lot of, aligned. The yeah. stars aligned for yeah. that team. That was unreal. Yeah, but Florida has a lot of playmakers. If they can figure out on defense, they can definitely be really dangerous. Um, but they definitely do have a bunch of holes and a bunch of things they need to figure out for that defense before before they can get into the playoffs and actually have a chance to win the national championship. So nobody mentioned Florida State. <laughs> I think there was. Yeah, a reason. I think I think they're a sleeper. I think they could definitely get in there though. <laughs> Now that's uh, the way the direction that program's gone in these last couple of years is that's tough. But yeah. actually, actually, this is something I did want to talk about. Going off of that, Jimbo left that bad boy in a, in a mess and got paid and got paid. You know what was it? Ten years, seventy five mil guaranteed from A and M. I think and he still ain't doing anything over there. He he hadn't done anything. I mean, he's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer, and Kellen Mond as a freshman in sixteen was. Pretty pretty solid player as a freshman, and I and I feel like he hasn't gotten any better. Um, obviously, getting to see them, you know, firsthand against Clemson, you know, in eighteen and nineteen, I thought Mond did did some really good things in eighteen, but against us, that's probably the best game he's ever played. Yeah, uh, and I and I just, I, you know, with with Jimbo, I think he benefited a lot from his personnel at Florida State. I I don't know if he's quite as impressive as as you know everybody makes him out to be. Uh, just well, like you at, said about LSU, I mean, the stars align. I think it was the same thing for Jimbo. Yeah. I mean, look who we had on that team. They had some they, dogs. They had everybody. 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 <laughs> well, <it> was, <laughs> we'll see this weekend. We'll see this weekend. They play Florida this weekend. So We, we saw what they uh, were like. I mean, Dan Dan Mullen is, is actually an offensive guru, so I don't see that game going very well for him. No. No, not at all. I think it's going to be a repeat of this past week. Yeah. I, I think Florida's got a chance to drop 45, 50 on them. And they need to. They need that kind of win. 
against a team like Texas A&M just come out there and say, hey, like, we're, we ain't here to come in second in the East again, you know? All right, well, with all that being said, we'll get into our game picks for this week. For the first game, we got Georgia Tech versus Louisville. The spread is Louisville minus four and a half. Friday night lights, baby. <laughs> I love Friday games, though. Yeah, got I mean, I, I will say, not to make this drawn out, but I went to Georgia Tech, Louisville, uh, two years ago, Friday night in Louisville. And it really wasn't bad. Well, obviously, we beat the hell out of them, so it was nice. We scored, like, 62 points. But uh, to wake up the next day, and then we got we caught a flight early that morning, and I was home watching college football the rest of the day. So, I mean, it really wasn't, like, awful. Obviously, you know, nobody wants to be playing on a Friday night. But as a fan, like, if you go to the game, you got time to watch football the whole next day. So, it ain't that bad. Yeah, that's why I like it, because you get football to watch yeah. on a Friday night, and there's no other games. You know, it's like Monday night football. Right. All right, who wants to start this one off? Then you got it. Uh, obviously, I can't pick against pick against my guys. Um, I'm hoping we come out and run the ball. And I don't think Louisville's run defense is very good. I've been um, pretty adamant that their defense ain't that great. So, I'm, I'm not going to pick against us. So, I'm going to take us in a, in a real, real close one. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of torn on this one as well. I I like Louisville in the sense that I I feel like their offense Cunningham has not been what I'd expected. Um, been a little bit off. Uh, Javian Hawkins is is a, an outstanding running back. I think it's going to be an offensive game. I think I think for Tech the you know the game plan has got to be like you've talked about pound the ball. You've got three good backs. Uh, that doesn't even count Jeff Sims's feet. He's he's quick. He can run. Um, I, I also think this is going to be a real close one. I, I reserve the right to, to switch my pick Friday morning, um, but as of right now, uh, I really feel like feel like Louisville is just they've they've got the pieces to outscore it. I feel like if you put the if you put the game in, in Jeff Sims' hands, he he he's liable to make a mistake. Um, I'm I'm taking the cards here, but like I said, close game. Jacob, who you got? Yeah, this one I'm I'm also. I've been really torn on this one because I really do like a, a lot of what Georgia Tech has. They just got to clean up the mistakes. Both coming off by, so they're both pretty fresh. Like Sam said, I think right now I got to go with Louisville. But honestly, if Tech if Tech can clean up some of the turnovers, I definitely think this is a game that they can win. But right now I got to go with Louisville. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Louisville too. Mainly because um, I picked Tech to beat Syracuse, and that didn't go too well. Hey, all of us. I understand that. I, yeah, I understand. So that, that's why I'm salty. I'm still salty about that pick. Oh, I'm salty I, about I, it. I rode. I rode with Tech, and they let me down. I usually don't ride with Tech, but I did that time, and they let wow. me down. So I want them to win because. I am enjoying watching y'all's young team get better, but at the same time, that. I just gotta, I just gotta pick Louisville for this one. I agree. It's it's the penalties for me. Yeah, hey, that's that's one thing. If we don't get those cleaned up, y'all might see me move out to like a farm somewhere, and I'll just forget <laughs> I ever was a football fan because I'm not tired of that. Shit. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you, buddy. All right, so what you got with Texas Oklahoma? This old toss up right here. Uh, well, this is the, um, 
if you would have told me this wasn't going to be the, the the primetime game for the Big 12 at the beginning of the year, I would have told you, you know, you're crazy. But this one is quickly being a become a uh, toss-up. So I'm taking Oklahoma from my boy Connor. I really hope they get that win because I know he's frustrated. He needs um, it. I think Spencer might show a little uh, progression, mature a little bit, and I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be 50, 50, like 52, 45, some game like that. So yeah, whoever what's... turns the ball over the least because that means <laughs> yeah. they're going to be scoring if they're not turning the ball over. Yep. I'll piggyback off that. Um, Oklahoma's got to win. I mean, coming in the year they were – the playoff team, and they've already lost two unranked games. I just feel like they're embarrassed right now, and I'm expecting them to come out hot, you know, full cylinder, you know, tear Texas up because this is a big rival game as well. So it is going to be a good game. It's going to be a shootout, like Sid just said, but I think Oklahoma's been coming on top because they've been embarrassed the past couple weeks. Yeah, I'll go – I'll go off that. Both of these teams are desperate for a win right now. I mean, Oklahoma's on a two-game losing streak. Texas lost last week. But, again, the, the week before that, they didn't look great. It came down to, to an overtime game. I think this is – for some reason, I feel like this is exactly the type of game that Texas comes out and loses. I think Lincoln Riley is a very good head coach. They got to figure out the defense – uh, Lincoln's got to make sure that Spencer Rattler doesn't try to force the ball into tight coverage. I mean, just just make the plays, check it down if you have to, throw it away if you have to. Uh, but, yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma in this game. And a little side note, the over-under is 72. If I was a betting man, I would yes. probably take the over. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Hit hammer, <laughs> hammer the over. <laughs> yeah, I think I would pick if it was 95. I think I would pick <laughs> <laughs> This is this is about to be a true Big Twelve shootout. Um, the I'm I'm going with Texas here, um, and the reason being, Oklahoma. I mean, when you look at their output, they seem to get to halftime and just completely lose it. It's like the other team goes in, they make adjustments, and Oklahoma just keeps doing what they've been doing. Next thing <laughs> you know, they find themselves in a tight ball game and they can't finish. I, I'm 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 picking Texas because Ellinger's been there. I'm not saying that he's a better player than. Than Rattler, but I I like his ability to keep the ball on the ground. I think Keontae Ingram is a, is a good tailback. Brennan Eagles is a hell of a receiver. Um, they've they've got some weapons out wide. Oklahoma hasn't really had that receiver step up. They don't have a they don't have a CD this year. Uh, they don't have a safety valve for um, for Rattler to throw to. So I'm I'm taking Texas. I I don't feel great about this pick, but I'm I'm taking Texas. This it's going to be a barn burner though. All right, well, moving on to the UNC-Virginia Tech game. Um, for this one, I'm going – I'm picking UNC in this one. I like I like their offense. They've got some good guys on defense. Yeah, I, I've been telling Sam that I thought Virginia Tech was a better team than, you know, a lot of people have been giving them credit for. And I think they've showed that at times. And at times, you know, they kind of look at the team that people really expect them to be. So, this one was kind of tough for me because – UNC, I mean, Boston College ain't, you know, terrible, but they they uh, they struggled a little bit. But I think Sam Howell is getting better each week, so I just expect Sam Howell to kind of, you know, get it done, and then and then I'd act, I expect UNC to get it done. 
Yeah, uh, your comment right there, getting better every week. I, I thought against Syracuse, maybe a little bit rusty. Uh, he, he missed some throws. I thought against BC, he looked he looked a lot better. Um, the deep ball is still a question, something that he was yeah. phenomenal at last season. He just hasn't, hasn't found it yet. But, you know, Virginia Tech, I like Quincy Patterson, their quarterback. This is a guy that was in the Elite 11 a couple years ago um, with Hendon Hooker being – being out, I don't know if he's on COVID list or if he's if he's injured, but but Patterson looked pretty good last week. Um, I like him running the football, but I, I think I think UNC's got some athletes, uh, and I think this is a this is a game where Sam Howell plays like you know the kind of quarterback we thought he would be. You know, going into the season, there are a lot of people saying that North Carolina was supposed to be the team, the second team behind Clemson in the ACC. They, they're undefeated, but, I mean, their offense isn't producing like I thought they would. Um, yeah, I agree. So, I'm hoping we see that in this Virginia Tech game, like y'all both just said. That's why I picked UNC, because I still think Sam, the potential there is there for sure. Absolutely. Um, he just has to capitalize on it. And there might, there might be other reasons that that's not happening right now. You know, the guys around them and stuff. But, um never know. So, I got you in seeing this one. Yep, moving on to the next one, Virginia versus NC State. What do y'all got? This one was tough for me. I, I like the way Virginia played Clemson. I know the score doesn't show it at the end, but I do kind of like the way they played them. Like I said, I think their offensive line is good. I think they lack playmakers a little bit when it comes to, you know, uh, they had Hasis Dubois and all those kind of guys. And then, you know, obviously Bryce Perkins, they don't really have that. But um, I, I just I, – NC State's been playing pretty decent football. They beat Pitt, and they, they've been playing decent football. So I'm just going to take NC State kind of on a, on a limb. I'm going out on a limb and taking NC State. Yeah, I think – Yeah, um, I, 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 hear, I hear you, but I, I just – I can't get with you. Um. I think I think Virginia's a better team than than people are going to give them credit for. Like I've been talking about this. I think Bronco Mendenhall is a really really good coach. Um, you know, uh, since NC State took out Bailey Hawkman, uh, put in Devin Leary at quarterback, he's looked good. Um, Penix at tailback has has looked pretty good. Um, but defensively, this is a team that gave up 40 points to uh, to Wake. So I don't think it's necessarily going to be about playmakers for Virginia. I think their offensive line is going to be able to control the game. You know, they have Terrell Jana outside. Um, they've got the flying Hawaiian in the backfield. I, I think Virginia's going to be able to control the game. So, I, I'm, I'm taking Virginia uh, comfortably. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback off that. I'm taking Virginia in this one, too. Um, both both teams are, are giving up a lot of points per game. I mean, Virginia played Clemson last week closer than I thought they would. Uh, it was actually a pretty interesting game to watch. Uh, their quarterback, Armstrong, is not the best thrower, but as Sam said, he can use his feet. He can extend plays. You know, I, I'm just glad he got a quarterback number now. Not to digress, but last year he was a uh, number 98 or something like that. So <laughs> he that really got under my skin. Should have kept. Oh, to to expand on that a little bit. Apparently, Virginia makes players earn their number. Uh, so their backup quarterback, Keontae Ingram, is a transfer from Mississippi State. Um, they're using him as an H back. Uh, running quarterback he is number 99 uh, so they're basically wow. if you're trying to play quarterback you're gonna have to earn it so something interesting <laughs> yeah. for Virginia you, you learn something new every day but yeah I'm wow. taking I'm taking Virginia in this one 
But yeah, Virginia, I haven't really gotten to watch much of Virginia uh, or NC State that much. Um, Shocker. How have you not watched a whole lot of that football? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but, you know, I, the way I look at it is Virginia's seen the best of the best already. They played them last weekend. NC State really hasn't seen anybody. So, uh, I mean, they did play Pitt. They beat Pitt. Pitt has a good defense. I will say that. Um, but Virginia did move the ball well against Clemson. That's why I, that's why I'm picking Virginia in this one. And their defense really didn't play bad against Clemson. I mean, Clemson has an elite offense, and, and you know, Clemson scored 41 points, but still, I, watching the game, I felt like Virginia's defense played a little bit better than the score suggests. Yeah. I, just real quick, I will say, yeah, I saw the stat somewhere. I can't pull it up right now, but the record of teams after playing an Alabama or like a Clemson, like a number one, like out of those just middle of the road teams, just average teams, when they prep and put all that prep into those number one teams and they play them tight, they end up having a clunker game right after. So I feel I feel like NC State might be able to catch them at a, at a time of coming off. I mean, they played Clemson well and they still ended up getting beat pretty bad. So yeah, I can see that. Might be a little bit of that coming on. Yeah. All right, Jacob. Big yeah. game. Yeah. Big Mo game right here, dude. Moving on to the next game, South Carolina versus Vanderbilt. I'll start this one off. I got South Carolina, obviously. Uh, I think our offense is better than expected. Mike Bobo was a great hire for us. Muschamp has to get his defense under control. Uh, they look just – kind of discombobulated on plays. There's a lot of holes in the secondary for some reason. The safety position is still just subpar. Uh, but I think Vanderbilt's offense just isn't good enough. I think South Carolina's defense can have a big day against them. I think we get a, a decent amount of sacks. The defensive line gets pressure. Uh, I think we might have a pick or two. And, yeah, I take South Carolina in this one. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um you know, Cox by 90 in this one. Vandy, I don't think, oh, yeah. gonna, I don't think, I don't think Vandy's going to win a game this year. If I'm quite honest with you. They look In all mad. honesty, they shouldn't. They yeah. should not win it. There's no. not a game out there on their schedule <laughs> that they should win. No, you're right. So. I mean, they, they've always, these last 10 years, they've always been the, one of the worst teams in the SEC, if not the worst. And now they play everyone in the, almost everyone in the SEC. It's not looking pretty for them. You know, South Carolina way. They don't even get a chance to 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 pay a, a a group five team or an FCS team to come in there and give them a hell of a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're they're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the SEC schedule makers really uh really gave Vandy the uh, the short end of the stick. Um, the spreads thirteen. I got USC by at least that. It's it's hard to pick Carolina, but when you're playing Vandy, it's pretty damn easy. Yeah, that makes the, right. that makes it easy. Right. You moving on? Iowa State, Texas Tech. I chose um, Iowa State in this one, boys. You know they came out and embarrassed um, Oklahoma a little bit. You know I thought Oklahoma was going to bounce bounce back, but. Uh, they didn't do they didn't do that at all. So Iowa State might have might have a little team there. Um, and I picked Texas Tech. I think it was last week. They let me down too. So you know, I'm rolling with Iowa State right here. 
Yep, same here. Iowa State and Ames at home. That's a that's a different football team. Brock Purdy looked good last week. You know, there's there's still some questions to be answered. This is still a team that lost to a Sun Belt Sun Belt squad to begin with. But Louisiana is a pretty good team. Um, I, I just have doubts about any Big Twelve team being consistent. So it's tough for me to pick one to win back to back games. Um, but like I said, I, I like Iowa State at home. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Iowa State has some has a lot of weapons on offense. You know, you, their quarterback, he's a good player. Uh, their running back has almost 400 yards through three games, which is which is really solid. I think their offense just can be too much for Texas Tech, so I'm taking Iowa State. Yeah, I'm also uh, taking Iowa State in this heated Big 12 battle. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go Iowa State. Getting into the next one, we got TCU, Kansas State. Uh, I'll start oh. this one off. I'm going. I'm going TCU, Horn Frogs, baby. They looked good last week against Texas. Texas isn't looking too good, but um, they got Max Duggan back. The first week they lost in a tight game, uh, but their backup quarterback Matthew Downing was the starter for the first half until until Max Duggan came back in the second half, brought it to a close game. I like what they have on offense. Um, TCU is, is one of the few teams that actually has a decent defense in the Big 12, so I'm taking them in this game. Uh, Kansas State. Um, they, I don't. I thought the Oklahoma game was a fluke, but their their defense is uh, looking pretty good. TCU also has a good team. They beat Texas last weekend. You know, it's just it's big. This Big Twelve, these Big Twelve teams are just like messing with our brains right now. Like we don't I mean, know any team can win any week. So. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> all these Big Twelve games are toss ups that we have on here, and I just I don't know what to pick. But I picked against K State once. Um, not doing that again this time. I'm going with them over the whole Horn Frogs. Yeah, I got I got K State too. I like Skylar Thompson running the ball. I like Deuce Vaughn, 22 out of the backfield. It's a little water bug right there. He's, I mean, he's hell coming out of the backfield catching passes. Yeah, he's uh, their he's, leading receiver. He's he's fast. He he can do it all for him. Uh, I think I think TCU is a really good team. I like I like Max Duggan a lot, um, but I I just I don't have faith in any Big 12 team like we talked about. I'm I'm going K State, but I do like Gary Patterson and the defense keeping this. Uh, you know, a lower scoring game. I, I think first team to 30 wins if they get there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of like what I saw out of Kansas State, obviously against Oklahoma and all that. But like you said, I actually like what Gary Patterson and them have going on at defense. So I'm taking TCU. Going going to the next one, we got UGA versus Tennessee. This is – I think this is a pretty easy call. I think Tennessee has a pretty solid team. But I just don't think they're on Georgia's caliber yet. Uh, they got some athletes, all that stuff. They have a really good offensive line. They're going to be able to run the ball a little bit, like we talked about earlier. But I just think that Georgia defense is too much for that offense. That offense isn't – they don't have a prolific offense. They're not going to wow anybody. They're just they, – they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. But I think Georgia's defense can, can, can shut them down a little bit. Georgia's offense looked, looked – really solid against Auburn. So I'm taking Georgia in a not very close game. Yeah, the tur the turnaround that I saw out of Georgia from week one to week two, that uh 
I, th- I know a lot of people were pleasantly surprised and I was, I was pretty surprised, you know, it wasn't like, you know, a great thing for me to see, but you know, that's, that's good to see it for, for all of y'all dogs out there. So uh, I'm taking Georgia and I, I think they're just going to come out and handle Tennessee. I think ten- Tennessee might be able to get a little bit going on the ground with their offensive line, but not for long. Kirby's too good and their linebackers are too good on the defense side of the ball for them to, to allow that to happen. So I think it's going to be the dogs in a pretty uh, dominant fashion. Yeah. Um, at least we don't have to uh, play that rival game at the end of the season this year, Sid. Yeah, that's right. Well, I guess if Sam, if, Sam, if Sam can say, you know, Cox by 90 as a Clemson fan, I, I can say dogs by 90, I guess I, I have to. That's how it's going to be this season. <laughs> Um, yeah, I want to. I want to shut these guys up. I'm tired of Tennessee talking the talk. I swear they do. They do this every year. You know, they hype Tennessee up. You know, they got this eight game winning streak. Blah 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 blah. I mean, they they are going to run the ball like Jacob said. They have a great offensive line. They just got Cade Mays back. He played in his first game last week. Um, so they have a great offensive line. But man, we haven't given up a touchdown to a running back since we lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game in 2018. So, I don't – That is a crazy stat to me. I saw that. That's that's impressive. Yeah. We, we gave up two last year, but they were the Bo Nix and uh, Brewer for Baylor. So, they're quarterback. But, um, you know, I just – we're going to make Garantano throw the ball, and I don't think he's the best thrower in the world. He kind of reminds <laughs> me of Felipe – a little better, Felipe, but not that much better. So, you know, yeah. uh, I'm picking the dogs right here, baby. I think I think we're going to beat yeah. them by more than two touchdowns. I agree. You just hit the nail on the head with Garantano. He, he's not going to win a game for you. I, I like Tennessee's defense. I think what they have at corner, Bryce Thompson and Elante Taylor are two pretty good players. Uh, I like the middle of the defense, uh, Kavars Crouch, Henry Toto. Uh, I, I think those are two solid linebackers. Um, obviously, there's a lot to like on their offensive line as well. I think Tennessee is a is a team that's that's set up to maybe maybe give Georgia some issues, um, but I, I just I just don't see him being able to hang in this one. I, I don't I don't know if Georgia is going to look super explosive offensively, um, but I I just I just I just can't see Tennessee hanging in this one. I, I think Kirby's Kirby's got a pretty good idea of what his defense can do. There's a bunch of freaks coming off the edge. Georgia, Georgia just has way too many athletes for him to hang with it. So, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Georgia by a couple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. All right, and then our game of the week, we got Clemson versus Miami. It's probably, honestly, one of the easiest picks for game of the week. I think it's going to be a good game. It's definitely an interesting matchup, seeing what a mobile-ish quarterback did to Clemson defense last week. Uh, but I think they definitely prepare for Derek King really well. I think, um, you know, I think Brent Venables gets those boys hyped up. I think they come out really strong, and I'm taking Clemson all the way in this one. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it much different. Um, I was shocked that y'all or that Clemson gave Virginia a shot. You know, got their hopes up a little bit on offense. I think, I think Brent Venables took that. Um, personally, I don't think he's going to let De'Aaron King do much. I, w- I will think they score. They'll put up points because, you know, their offense does look pretty good. 
but at the same time, when you have, you know, two, definitely one Heisman front winner, possibly another one in the ETN back there. I mean, I mean, I just, I don't see Miami winning this game at all. I don't even see them coming within ten points. You know, they might they might stick around for a little bit in the first half, but uh, I got Clemson right here. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I think uh, Brent Vittables and he's he's too good to to come out and I, unless your name's Joe Burrow, Brent Vittables got something for you. So. Derek Keene's gonna have to play his ass off. Miami's gonna have to play if if they want to come make this a close one and come within ten points, in my opinion. So I'm I'm taking Clemson. I th- I think Brent Vittles, like you said, kind of took it personal this past weekend. They didn't look so sharp uh, on defense. So uh, that's his that's his thing. So I, I expect him to get that turnaround fast. Yeah, I, I mean I I like the confidence y'all have. I don't think I'm quite as confident. Maybe because I'm a the sky is falling person, but I, yeah. uh, you know, you texted I, me, you texted me and I quote, we suck. And I look, check the score and y'all are up like two scores. And I'm trying, I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't even watching the game. I was like, damn, this is about to be a tight one. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared for De'Aaron King. Um, I think, I think he's, he's a guy that can light us up. Um, but like I said, I feel like we match up pretty well on the outside. I'm, I'm concerned about the safeties. Uh, covering the tight ends they've got two really good tight ends um i i have a lot of concerns in this game but brent venables is not one of them i, I think that no. like you guys touched on if there's if there's a dude in football that i trust i know brent venables has probably watched every game that manny diaz has ever thought about coaching in um he's he's probably been watching the <laughs> king's jv film uh, he knows what the hell's up uh, i yeah. think i mean i, I just there's manny. only been there's only been eight teams in Brent Venables eight years that have gained uh, 25 first downs in a game. Virginia did it last week. But like I said, I think Virginia's a good team. They have a good scheme. I like Miami. I like their scheme. I, I like their players. But I just, I mean, I'm not picking against Clemson ever, especially not right now. Um, but I think I think this is going to be a tight one. I think I might, you know, I might have some some small heart attacks during the game. But I like Clemson by a touchdown. Yeah, it helps when you have Trevor Lawrence. I'll I'll put it like that. (laughs) It helps when you got Trevor Lawrence and Brent Venables, which is just going to be relentless. Roll Dabo, baby. (laughs) One more, one more thing I will add. Um, with the with the hurricanes brewing in the Gulf, it looks like the uh, the torrential downpour is going to hit basically every team in the Southeast. It's going to be a sloppy weekend for football. Um, and I mean, I, I I'm not saying that that the Hurricanes playing in a hurricane is is anything funky, but, you know, I, I think they might have a little something for us. Hey, they're used to that. They're Down there in Miami, they'll play on a sloppy field, and they're used to it. I can't tell you how many times we played down in Miami. On they, It's been sloppy, nasty grass, you know, and they're used to it, so. Yeah, well, with the uh, with the picks being over, I guess we'll update everybody on, on what, the, uh, what the rankings are right now as far as our picks. Me – 18 and nine on top of the mountain right now yet to win a week though. I really need to win the game of the week for once. Uh, Davini's right there. One game behind at 17 and 10. Sid and Jacob are both at a, uh, at 15 and 12, although Sid does have a slight lead in points. Um, but, but with all that said, Jacob made a, made a really nice comeback this week. He was a, uh, he was our weekly winner last week. So with that, we'll, we'll give yeah. Jacob his minute. 
Yeah, you know, having having the minute is nice and all, but when your team's 0-2, there's not much trash you can talk to anybody. You know, I hate Clemson. I hate Georgia. But I enjoy watching both those teams play, unfortunately. They're both in really good places in their program right now. You know, Georgia Tech is another team that I really like to watch. So, unfortunately, I don't have any trash to talk to anybody right now. One thing I will say is, is I'm, I'm very happy to, to see Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne leave after this year. <laughs> Retweet. Um, that's one thing I'm really excited to see. Uh, haters. I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back. Week one, I was actually really delighted to see Georgia's offense struggle. Then they came out against Auburn this past week and, and played really well. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's really all I got. But, you know, Cox by 90, baby. Hey, and for the, can we get a shout-out for the Braves the second week in a row? I know it's a football podcast, but game one to get home. So yeah, let's get it. Yeah. Travis Darno for MVP, out. baby. Hopefully this time next week, we're talking about the NLCS coming up. Go Braves. Let's go. They might brawl tomorrow. Hey, he said he's ready to fight Ronald. I'm about it. (laughs) With all that being said, that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. Hope you tune in next week. Peace.